Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry to impact your life. So share your story with us at info at And if God is using this ministry to impact you, we would like to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do so online at fellowshipgj.com. Select the giving option that works best for you and help us bring the message of Christ to this community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, guys, I uh, have been so excited about this day uh, to be able to bring in our special guest speaker in here in just a moment. Um, when Bill and I and Ann and Cindy were teenagers, uh, we would double date. Uh, Ann has known Bill probably back when she was five, six years of age. And in high school, you know, we would we'd go out on group dates. And, and when, when Bill and Cindy's babies were born, we were outside in the hallway at the hospital. When our babies were born, they were outside in the hallway. I mean, there's never been an important event in each other's lives that we haven't experienced with one another. Uh, back in May the 31st, Cindy Ramsey went home to be with the Lord. Uh, she was healthy. She was strong. She had a disease that took over her mind and body. And on the 31st, after breaking her arm, thinking that she was just going to go in, Bill called and said, pray for her. Uh, she spent a, a lengthy time in ICU, and from there she went home to be with the Lord. The devastation, I can't really verbalize to you. There's no words to be able to explain how in this season of life, when Bill and Cindy, like so many of us, we've raised our kids, our grandkids are getting up where they're fun, and, and um, we could travel maybe a little bit and enjoy just a new fresh season, uh, Cindy left us. God called her home. When Bill came back to the Met Church, a great anointing fell on his life from the Holy Spirit, and um, he brought a message to his church family. And when I heard it, I said, Bill, listen, man, you have got to come to Grand Junction, and you have got to share this message with our people. So this morning, um, friends and family of Fellowship Church, I want to ask you to please join me in giving him your warmest and most honoring welcome to Fellowship Church in Grand Junction, Dr. Bill Ramsey. Love you. There's no hurry. There's no hurry to take the time. Thank you. Thank you so much. It is uh, a wonderful uh, day to be here and a very emotional day for me as well. Uh, when, uh, goodness, I let Dan and Anna know about Cindy's illness. They said, well, we're going to take this to our church and we're going to pray. And guys, you prayed for her and you prayed for, for me and our church. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your prayer. I want to thank the Hooper family for loving us and really being a friend to us uh, during this journey. I didn't get the outcome I wanted. wasn't what I prayed for. Gosh, aren't you, aren't you amazed sometimes when you get in church world and you hear, if you love Jesus, you're just healthy, wealthy, and wise, right? You know, sometimes you can love Jesus and be sick, broke, and stupid, you know? 
<laughs> it doesn't always work that way. I found in my life that life is um, it's, it's cyclical, it's seasonal. The Bible says in Job 14, that uh, in verse 1, it said, man who is born of woman, and that's pretty much all of us. He said, there are a, a few days, this is, this is got to get it on the way back there. Uh, he said, we're a few days, life is short, it's a few days, and then it said those days are filled with trouble. Here's what I found. I found that you're either in trouble this morning, you're getting out of trouble, or you're getting back into trouble this morning. You're somewhere in there. And one of the things that walking through this with Cindy uh, has helped tenderize me to people around me who are hurting. Your pain may not be my pain, but it's still a pain. Everybody's going through something. Divorce, financial reverse, sickness, trouble with the kids, trouble with the, you know, with the job. How many of you on a Sunday morning would agree you have at least one problem? You, you, you would. How many of you would also agree you may be sitting next to one of those problems right now? I thought that. <laughs> but when we got Cindy's, uh, when we got her diagnosis, um, uh, we did what you do. We took it to the Lord. Her diagnosis was this is uh, incurable and it's terminal. It's the biggest, the biggest valley that I've ever walked through. And I'm not through it yet. I don't know that I'll ever get through it, actually, when I think about it. We prayed for her. I believe God could heal her. I still believe in healing. I've seen him heal people. I mean, I've actually eyewitnessed people being miraculous healed by God. I've, I've seen it happen. We prayed for people, and God's done it. When we went into the hospital, as Dan said, 1st of May, it wasn't long until she just began to go down so quickly. They moved us to ICU, they put her on a vent, the machines that were breathing for her, and she would remain in ICU for 22 days. I never left her side. I don't regret that. I took that in sickness and health thing to be a real thing, those vows, you know. And I knew she would do it for me. So I stayed with her, prayed for her, the kids were there, friends checked on us, churches were praying, you guys, many of you, if not most all of you were praying, praying for that miracle, right? I would kind of remind God, not that he needed to be reminded, but I would tell him, I said, you know, Lord, remember Hezekiah? <laughs> How that you said he was going to die and he prayed and you sent Isaiah back to tell him, I've heard your prayer and I'm going to give you 15 more years. I said, How about that, God? How about healing her and let's get 15 more years. I thought about all the examples in the scripture where God had moved in incredible ways and I was just praying and asking God to please. I was kind of like Paul, remember he said, I have this thorn in my flesh and he, and he prayed that God would deliver it. I prayed over and over and over again, intently, intensively while she was there on that vent. I remember other people, you know how it is, those of you who've been in the hospitals and you've done that sit for a long time, you meet the other families, right? We got to know each other, you're there 24 seven. <laughs> and I'd pray for these other families, prayed for their loved ones. And I would go down in the hospital lobby and I would sit there and vividly I remember seeing several of the guys I'd prayed for, 
pushing a wheelchair out with their wife and yelling at me, hey, Bill, we're getting to go home. Like Dan said, on May 31st, God gave me an answer, and it was not what I prayed for. It was no. One of the hardest things that I did was seeing God answer my prayer for other people, but not my prayer for my wife. I really think, in a lot of ways, your faith is tested more in your struggle. I felt like, guys, in some ways, God was saying to me in the hospital, Bill, it's not a matter of do you have enough faith for Cindy to be healed, because you do. He said, do you have enough faith for Cindy not to be healed? Boy, that was hard. What if God doesn't do what I want him to do in the way I want him to do it, when I want him to do it, and why would he not? I like me, I know he does too. <laughs> why, why wouldn't he not do that? I mean, you know, you, you work through all that in your mind and you're trying to connect dots and you're trying to understand how it seems to work out in some ways for some people and it doesn't work out in other ways for you. And, and boy, that's when your faith really gets, that's when it gets stretched. And I have to tell you that when I walked out of the hospital, the lady running the valet, she didn't know. She started clapping her hands and she said, yay, you get to go home. So happy for you. I didn't have the heart to tell her. <laughs> I said, yeah, I get to go home. Another hard thing was walking in the house that we built together for the first time without her there. Some of you have been there and some of you have done that. Some of you know what that's like. And it would be just the first of many firsts that we would be navigating through. And I have to tell you as I stand before you, I went into a dark place with my grief, very dark place. I had to step away from the church. I couldn't speak. They understood. And the reason I couldn't speak is I didn't have anything to give them. Just come up there and fall apart. <laughs> so I had to have a period of time where I was just in, you know, kind of a ICU emotionally and ICU spiritually, and, and that's real. And I found some comfort in that story of Lazarus. You remember when Lazarus died, he's in the grave, and He's in a very dark place and a very depressing place and he's in a, you know, a place of death. And he's there for a period of time. And that's where I felt like I was. One of the things that was so incredible during that period of time was just trying to, to figure out a way forward. And I just couldn't, I'll be honest with you, I, I had trouble praying at times, had trouble reading my Bible at times. There was just a, an emptiness and a void in my life that I, I, I couldn't describe. Just a dark, other than to say it was a dark place. There was moments when I would remind the Lord of what his word said, where he said in Hebrews 13, I will never leave you or forsake you, right? 
To leave means I won't remove my presence from you physically. To forsake means I will not emotionally disconnect from you. And you know you can be physically connected to someone you're not emotionally connected to. You can be emotionally connected to someone you're not physically connected to. And God said, Bill, when it comes to you, I'll never physically remove my presence from you and I'll never emotionally disconnect from you. But I'll be honest with you guys, when you're in the dark place, it doesn't always feel that way. And God was teaching me I couldn't rely on my feelings. I was going to have to rely on my faith. And so it was in that moment when I had this, this time where I remember sitting at my desk at my house. And I had remembered, I kind of recited that verse, I will never leave you or forsake you. And I remember saying and thinking, then I feel forsaken. Why do I feel forsaken? God, you said you would never leave me or forsake me. And I've told that to thousands of people that I've preached through throughout my life. But as I'm sitting here, I feel forsaken. And all of a sudden, I got a little notice on my email. You know how it just kind of dings to let you know you have an email. And I looked, and it was a pastor in South Fort Worth that I really have never met. I knew something of his story, but I'd never met him. About 15 years ago, his wife died. And he emailed me at that moment. He just said, Bill, we don't know each other. But he said, I lost my sweetheart. And he said, I, I want you to know you're never alone. God's with you all the time. So I just looked up the ceiling fan and said, okay, Lord, I got it. <laughs> I got it. But it was just a sweet way the Lord was reminding me of his presence, even in a dark place. And so I remembered the story of Lazarus, and I remembered Jesus came four days late. He didn't get there early. He came four days late. And when he showed up at the tomb, you remember what he did? He said, Lazarus, come forth. Someone said the reason he called him by name is because he had so much power. Had he not said, come forth, Lazarus, come forth, everyone who's ever died since Adam would have walked out of their grave. <laughs> and Lazarus walked out of that grave. You know what that story said to me? It said to me there comes a point, and I don't know when that is for you, but I can tell you when it started for me. There comes a point when you hear his voice, you got to get up. You got to get up. Now, I wasn't ready for a while, I'll be honest with you. It's like an ICU, you know? When you're in ICU and you're on that bed, you can't get up. But the purpose of ICU is getting you to where you can get up. And when I was in that dark place, there was a period of time, uh, Dan was telling me, he says, man, you know, at some point, Bill, you, you, you just got, you got a lot of people that love you, you got a lot of people, he just assured me of what I knew, but I just was hearing it over and over again. But I want to tell you, no matter how much you're loved, and no matter how many people try to help you, when you're in that dark place, you cannot get out of that place until you hear the voice of God. You got to have a power within you that's greater than the pool that is around you to stay in that place. And I started hearing my Lord say, Bill, it's time. You got you to get up. You, you got to get up. And I noticed in the story when God spoke to Lazarus, Lazarus got up. The next thing Lazarus did that was just as profound is he not only got up, he got out. He got out. And in this case, he didn't get out on his own. Remember, Jesus said to the, to the people around him, he's got grave clothes on him, so loose him and let him go. Free him up. 
What that said to me in that moment was, it's time for my friends. So I've I, I got to let them help me. They've been offering to help me, but I've got to let them help me now. I'm ready to receive that help. Now, can I just share with you what Pastor Dan and Anna did for my family? Dan and Amelie as well. Right after Cindy passed away, knocked on my door and opened the door. There's Dan and Anna. We cried together at the front of the house. They said, Bill, we're here to vacuum the house, make beds, do laundry, cook. We're just here for whatever you need. Sometimes we'd sit out on the back porch of our house. We wouldn't even say anything, right? We just sat there. But I had two of the closest friends in my whole life who were there for me and there for my kids. And you know what that helped me do? It helped me get out. Because I had some grave clothes on that I couldn't get them off of me without some help. And can I tell you this morning, as you're sitting in this room, some of you, your story may not be my story, but there'll come a point when you need to get out of that dark place and you need to rely on some friends to get those grave clothes off of you. There's some people around you that love you and they'll help you if you'll let them. I remember a great dynamic of the church. It's in Acts chapter four where it says they had all things common. It's an interesting word in the Greek, it's koinonia. It means two things. It means to share something with someone and to share in something with someone. There's two levels of connection. And I wanna tell you, those of you that are hurting in this room, maybe as I said in a different way than I'm hurting this morning, at some point you need to connect with this church and you need to get around some people who will love you and help you get those grave clothes off of you. You gotta get up, you gotta get out. The last thing I'll share with you is Lazarus got going. He got going. He found that God wasn't finished with him yet. When you go to the very next chapter, when you leave chapter 11 and you go to chapter 12, you know what he's doing? He's traveling with Jesus. You know what it represented? The resurrection power of Jesus in Lazarus' life. You read, Ephesians, uh, you read Ephesians 1, and Paul talks about the resurrected, resurrection power of Jesus that's available to us. You know what I'm experiencing in my life? Resurrection power. The power to get me up, the power to get me out, the power to get me going. And the Bible says that those people that follow Jesus, not all of them came to see Jesus. They came to see Lazarus. You know what Jesus was doing? He was letting Lazarus bring him glory. You know what happens when you get out of a dark place? When you get up and you get out and you get going, you know what's gonna happen to you? Somebody's gonna see Jesus in your life. Somebody's gonna see that what you've gone through and what you've been through and all the things that you've experienced in your life has made you stronger, that you didn't let it destroy you. And they're gonna see a little bit of who Jesus is in you, just like Lazarus. He got up and he got out and he got going. Let me give this to you, and I'd like to, at that point just turn this back to Pastor Dan, the, the older one. <laughs> and, and I wanna say, hey guys, again, thank you for letting me here be with you this weekend and just, just tell you how much I love you and thank you and to honor the Hooper family and all your staff. 
But when we were going through this, I'll close with this. When we were going through all this with Cindy, I'll be honest with you, I I ask hundreds of questions. Why this, why her, why now, right? I, I did all that. One of the things that blessed me was to realize that throughout her illness, she never one time questioned God, not once. She has two brothers. She told me one time after her diagnosis, she says, you know, Bill, if one of us had to get this illness, I'm really glad it was me and not my brothers. Because she said, I think I'm strong enough to handle this in my faith. And I'm not sure that their faith would have been as strong as mine. And our kids are blessed by the fact that we never heard her one time complain. She never questioned God. I did, but she didn't. (laughs) She had a remarkable faith, optimistic, beautiful to the day she left us. Such a great testimony and a great blessing. And I often thought, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm gonna ask God some things. You ever had those thoughts? I, 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 gotta, I gotta get some things straight. I mean, I just, I just need a little Q&A with Jesus for a little. Have you thought I had those thoughts? I grew up in my dad's old church, old Baptist church, and I'm, a, by the way, pray for me, I'm a recovering Baptist, so I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm in that 12-step thing, and I'm trying to, I'm making amends now, I'm thanking you for prayer, so that's where I'm at. But, um, I, there, there was a song they sang, and I don't want to sing it, unlike your, <laughs> your founding pastor here. I, I'm not going to grab a mic and sing. And he isn't either. I was spared. He's about stampeding the herd. My Lord. I've heard him sing. <laughs> it is what we call a joyful noise unto the Lord. <laughs> but they sang a hymn in my dad's old church, and it went like this. We'll talk it over in the by and by. We'll talk it over, my Lord and I. I'll ask the reasons, he'll tell me why. When we talk it over in the by and by, I thought, that's it. That's the ticket. (laughs) That's what I'm gonna do. And then I thought, you know, there's gonna be multiplied millions of us in heaven. Is it just gonna be for about hundreds of millions of years, us all just having a face-to-face with Jesus and a Q and A? Is that what heaven's gonna be? All right, Lord, I need to start about 76 back there in high school. I wanna, you know. I mean, I, you know, is that really what heaven is going to be? And then and here's what hit me. In 3 John, it says, Beloved, it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when we see him, we will be like him, for we will see him as it is, as he is. And it hit me. I, I don't have a glorified body. Shocking. Uh, <laughs> and I don't have a glorified mind, meaning that I don't know everything. My mind is not glorified yet. But one of the things that I know is when I'm in heaven one day, not only will my body be glorified, I'm going to have a glorified mind. That means all of the things that I didn't know here, I'll know there. And with that in mind, you know what I think the first thing I'm going to do? If the Lord tarries his coming and I step into the presence of my Savior, first is I'm going to worship at his feet. I'm going to hug that girl of mine. I'm going to kiss my little grandbaby that I lost just a few months ago. And I think with that glorified mind, I think the first expression I'm going to have in heaven, are you ready for this, is going to be, oh, okay. We're good. We're good. Okay. Oh, yeah. 
I see it now. But we're not there yet. So folks, hang in there. Don't give in, don't give out, don't give up. There has to come a time. You've got to get out of that dark place. You've got to get up. You've got to get out. You've got to get going. I'm going to cheer you on while you do that. Thank you for letting me be here, Pastor. Love you, Love you. Such a good job. Well, uh, y'all, just stay standing with me. Just stay. Go ahead and keep standing. <clears throat> we really don't play games here. We don't. We, we go through a lot of life stuff here together. The last 32 years, we, a lot of us in this room, have walked through some cemeteries together, hadn't we? A lot of us in this room, we've gone into those little small rooms in the back of funeral homes and we've touched caskets together as you picked out caskets for your loved ones. When my dad died, there were men in this church threw their arm around me and helped me walk through that. When my mom died not too long ago. More of you came around. I bumped into one of the worship singers backstage before the, the service. No, it was right after the first service. And she was up here singing and smiling. And I bumped into her and she said, my brother's and I see you right now. We don't know if he's gonna make it. Isn't it funny how you can see other people and unless you take just a moment or two, you really don't know the pain and the hurt, that dark place that they're in right now, trying their best to get out of it. There are people in this room that need to get up and this is your getting up day. There are people in this room that need to get out. They need to have friends to say, we'll walk you through this. We'll sit in a class with you. I'll see you next Sunday. I'll buy your coffee. And you've got to get going again. There is still life that God wants you to live. We never saw this happening in Cindy's life. We didn't know that there was gonna be such a great turn of events. We, we all thought we'd grow old together. And some of you have thought your future was gonna look one way and you've had a devastation of a turn that has changed everything for you. But God is not done with you. And you've gotta get going again. You've got to. If you're in this room, would you please be transparent enough? If you're hurting, if you've gone through a devastation, if you have had a loss of a loved one, if you've been given a medical diagnosis, if you've had a change of jobs or career, if there's been this major turn that has happened to where your life doesn't look like what you thought of it, would you raise your hand if you could relate to what 
Would you even be more real than that and join me down front right quick for prayer? And let me pray for you before you leave. Just come on down here. Come on. Tuck in really close. I tell y'all something as we get older together. There's going to be more and more of us saying goodbye to loved ones. More and more of us kissing a mom goodbye, a dad goodbye. Really, you want to know what a really unsettling feeling is? Ann and I don't have a parent on this earth anymore. And that will be you one day. And you'll go into a dark place. But you cannot stay there. You can't stay there. You got to get up. You're going to need some people to help you. I've been there. You'll make it. You'll be okay. I know you didn't expect it to be like this, but God's got something. Shortly after Cindy going home to be with the Lord, we went down for the funeral service and we put Bill on a plane and brought him back. We just, we brought him back here to our house. He woke up one morning and we found him on the back porch sitting outside. I went out, checked on him, kicked on some worship music. Anna got up and was making his coffee and she, she looked out there at him and she said, honey, my God. She said, is he breathing? And I, it jarred me. I'm looking at him going, God, is he breathing? He was breathing. But he was barely hanging on. His church in the last few months have grown to somewhere between five and 6,000 people that now go there. Because the hurting people in his church have brought other hurting people and said, this is a place where it is safe to be in a dark place as long as you need to be with very loving and patient people that will just watch you breathe. Until you hear God tell you to get up. And let this be that day for you. Let it be that day. Don't stay down in that dark place any longer. You need help from that point? We will help you. We will help you. Father, we're coming to you as our God, our King the giver of salvation through your son, the provider of the Holy Spirit in our lives to comfort us and strengthen us us, and to move us forward. And I'm praying for every person here, Lord, that is hurting so badly, that has been in a dark place for too long. 
And if this is the day they're supposed to get out, if this is the day they're hearing your voice, then God, let them get up. If this is the day they need to get going again, Lord, let it be a time for them to get going again, to experience and live the life that you still have designed for them to live. And we will praise you and we will love you and we will stay tucked in close to you for the rest of our life. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.